It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On a special live edition of Locked On Raptors, it's the end of an era, and it did not have to be this way. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bonus Wednesday edition of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a live edition of the podcast as well. And I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons. And I got to say, I don't know if I've had many more days where I've been this bummed out as a Toronto Raptors fan in that long, long time covering this basketball team. Uh, thanks so much, of course, for tuning in. You can find the show for free wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can find me over on the internet at Woodley Sean on that website. That's not very good. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. And of course, you can join us over on the Discord server. Uh, I'm not going to be partaking too much in the live comment section just because my brain doesn't work that way. I get too sidetracked. I can't multitask. If you want to be part of the conversation about what's going on right now, the link in the description is for the Locked On Raptors Discord community. You want to come hang out there with all a bunch of sad people? You can do that. It would be great. We'd love to see you there. You can become part of our listener family. I mentioned you can find us on the audio apps, follow, subscribe, rate, review. And of course, we are on YouTube. If you're watching this, you know that. Uh, just subscribe if you haven't yet and hit the notification bell so you get the episodes in your feed every single time they go live or they premiere or whatever it is. And thanks for being along as we dig into the Pascal Siakam trade. It has come down from Adrian Wojnarowski. Of course, Shams Trainee was on this last night. The Toronto Raptors are trading Pascal Siakam, the eight-year eight veteran of the Toronto Raptors, the former most improved, improved player, the two-time All-Star, the two-time All-NBA, thrilling, spin-cycling, excellent, all well-rounded, all-world basketball player that is Pascal Siakam to the Indiana Pacers for Bruce Brown Jr., along with Jordan Nawara. Three first-round picks, including two in this year's draft, which everyone seems to say is pretty bad. But hey, this is where we are now. Uh, we'll get into the picks and sort of the details on them as well. And on top of that, the Raptors are getting Kyra Lewis Jr. from the New Orleans Pelicans. A bit of a tax dump from them as they were just trying to slip under the luxury tax line, I suppose. Sent over Kyra Lewis Jr. in this deal to the Raptors. So they get a second draft point guard type to get a look at as well. And that's it. Era over, the last remaining non-Chris Boucher member of the Toronto Raptors 2019 championship team, the last guy who played regular minutes for that team, is gone. And I, I've been covering this the last couple of weeks. It just did not have to be this way. And I don't think this trade justifies the Raptors waiting game that they played with Pascal Siakam. You know, you can quibble, I suppose, what's a better deal 
this deal from the Pacers where you don't get a ton in terms of like actual player help on your team right now and going forward, but you get those draft picks, which are going to be middling at best. The Pacers are good. This is the thing. Like they're going to be good now, especially with Pascal freaking Siakam running with Tyrese Halliburton. This is going to be a good basketball team for the coming years. And so you're not getting like primo draft picks in this deal with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, one of the draft picks that they're getting for this year's draft as well is uh, the worst of OKC, Utah, Houston, and the Clippers. So right now would be the 19th pick in the draft. Uh, great. Awesome. The 19th pick along with like the 22nd pick. Sweet. In the draft that everyone says is bad. Awesome. Really, really cool. Loving it. Having a great time over here. Um, again, it did not have to be this way. The Toronto Raptors, they bided their time they you know they got lucky with og ananobi they were patient with him and they got a real deal back that actually tangibly helps this team that was an awesome trade i don't feel that way about this trade with the pacers again you can quibble was the offer reported in the summer of deandre hunter adrian griffin and draft compensation better than this offer i don't know honestly i, I think both were kind of bad but the offer certainly didn't get like markedly better and the Raptors, I think, coming into the season, their hope was, hey, you know, we'll get a better offer by the deadline. And judging by them pulling the trigger on this on the 17th of January, still three weeks to go to the deadline, it seems as though the market was pretty barren. And once again, that's the second time in a year the Raptors have misread the market for one of their pending UFA players. Fred Van Vliet, they totally misread their ability to keep him in the summer. They did not account for the Houston Rockets coming out of nowhere with a massive godfather offer. And with Pascal Siakam, they, I think, counted on there being the offers there for his services come deadline time. But we've covered the reasons on this show why it was going to be hard to pull off a good deal for Pascal at nauseum, right? The market is difficult. There aren't that many teams that are a Pascal Siakam away or that can justify just adding Pascal Siakam into the mix He's a tough player to make work on a team that you're just dropping him into in the middle of the season. The Pacers do make sense because they needed some help on the wings. They needed extra scoring punch and playmaking next to Tyrese Halliburton. Siakam's going to do that. And my God, I'm really excited to watch Pacers games now because those two dudes are going to be awesome together. But there was just, it, it, the market was never aiming in a direction where there was going to be a good move. So if the Raptors wanted to move off from Pascal Siakam, which they basically said with every single one of their actions and words over the last six months, they should have just done it in the summer, gone into this season without this giant cloud hanging over the team and gotten what they could in the summer, knowing that the market was not going to bear fruit down the line. You know, I guess you can argue that the three first round picks make this a better offer. Our pal Joe Wolfond, who was on last week, if you want to hear a big breakdown of the Siakam situation, you can go back and listen to that. He pointed out, like, under the circumstances, the Raptors did pretty well here, but their circumstances were entirely self-imposed. And I could not agree with that more. This is a bed the Toronto Raptors have made, and they have no one to blame for themselves, no one to blame but themselves for getting a porous return for a two-time All-NBA player who they could have just paid to keep around. And I am going to die on the hill that a Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, RJ Barrett, Emmanuel quickly foursome could have worked. We saw it work for stretches. And then Yaka Pertle got hurt and the last four games have happened the way the last four games have happened. But that foursome, that, that quartet, their skills played well off of one another. Siakam's scoring punch very clearly needed on a team where Scotty Barnes isn't quite ready to be a 25-point-a-game guy. Maybe he'll never be that. Who knows? Um, RJ Barrett was in a perfect spot as a fourth option playing off of stronger, be better players who command attention and leverage the defense and make it so RJ Barrett can wreak havoc on cuts and in transition. I'm curious to see 
what this means for RJ Barrett's role. Are we going to see him kind of go back to being a little bit too on ball heavy like he was with the New York Knicks? You know, I think the spacing issues that the Knicks had, the Raptors aren't going to have those necessarily, but it's just this leaves the team in a worse spot, I think. And you're not getting what the Raptors have telegraphed that they wanted to get in these trades, which is meaningful young talent to go and pair with Scotty Barnes going forward. Kyra Lewis might be something, a reasonable second draft guy, sure, but he's barely played any NBA games. He played 54 games as a rookie. He's been injured. He's been up and down at the G League. He's been out of the rotation. He's not really done anything in the NBA to suggest, okay, there's a real player here. We'll have to see. Darko Ryakovic and the development staff are going to have to get to work big time with Kyra Lewis Jr. As a flyer, don't hate it, but again, like if that is the best premium young player you're getting back for Pascal freaking Siakam, you shouldn't have traded Pascal freaking Siakam, man. I don't know what to say. Uh, Jordan Nawara, perfectly fine, stout, you know, low leverage bench wing. Fine. You know, he's had some nice seasons where he's, you know, eclipsed 40% from three. Those were playing with Giannis Attendacumpo mostly with the Milwaukee Bucks, but he's had some moments. Maybe there's something there for Jordan Nawara. This team certainly needs wing help now. They've traded away OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam in the last month. Norris 6'8". Again, he's had some moments where he's been a good three-point shooter. Not this season, just 31% playing on that very fun Pacers team where everybody rips the cords and shoots uh, lasers from their fingers. Nawara has not been one of those guys. And look, Bruce Brown. I like Bruce Brown. He's a super cool player. Loved him on the Denver Nuggets last season. Obviously a little bit overpaid this year, but the fit is interesting, I, I think. Like, if he's going to be on the team, maybe he gets parlayed down the road. He's got that sort of bizarro contract that's got a uh, a mutual option this summer for about $22 bucks. The Raptors, I would assume, would pick that up and go into next season and see can Brown, who's only 27 years old, be a decent fit on a Scotty Barnes team. I think that's very likely. Um, or do they flip him before the deadline this year? That, is, I think, is maybe less likely and less needed. Maybe it's something where down the line next year, the deadline, Bruce Brown gets moved as he's going to be an expiring deal. Or maybe you sign him for a little bit more of a team-friendly number for longer years, and Bruce Brown says, hey, yeah, I'll be a role guy on this team. you got to have role guys. So maybe there's something with Bruce Brown. But overall, you don't get Andrew Nemhard, You don't get Jairus Walker. You don't get Ben Matherin. You don't even get Jalen Smith, who would have been like a perfect backup five on this team, a team that needs a backup five badly, needs a starting five right now with Jakob Pertl not playing. This is no disrespect to Jonte Porter, but like Jalen Smith would have fit a need. Could you not get Jalen Smith? Could you not get Obi Toppin, who is now one of like four power forwards on this team who are going to be competing for minutes behind Pascal Siakam? I, I just don't get why now was the time to pull the trigger on this deal. And this is me having said earlier today on my podcast that I just wanted it to get done and to be over with and to have it out of our lives to move on and just watch a normal basketball team without uncertainty hanging over it. But I, my hope was like, you get one of the young guys from the Pacers. Instead, it's three first-round picks that are going to be middling at best. You're hoping for like cataclysmic injuries, which is a, a, a crappy thing to be hoping for, for anything, and B, like you're really going to stake your hopes on the Pacers not being good this year or in 2026. Like they're already good this year. You're not getting a good pick out of them this year. It's going to be in the twenties. Most likely the very low teens at best, you're getting maybe the 19th or 20th pick. And the second pick that's coming from them, the worst again of OKC, Utah, Houston, and uh, the Clippers. And then you get a 2026 first round pick, which is nice, right? If the Raptors convey their pick this summer, so the San Antonio Spurs give up like, I don't know, the ninth pick in a draft where they're going to have 19 and 20 or whatever it is. God, the yak trade looms large too, man. This is 
wild stuff, man. Uh, but you know, if they can just convey the pick, you kind of get a clean slate going into the summer. You have a roster that is at least deeper in terms of like potential rotation players than it was, you know, three weeks ago before the OG and OB trade. But man, to give up on Pascal Siakam, to not offer him a contract uh, befitting of his talents and to like ghost him in the summer, literally reported that they just stopped talking to him in the summer, spent the entire summer trying to trade him, come into the preseason, have veiled, not direct, but kind of direct Pascal Siakam's selfishness comments, not even mentioning Pascal Siakam's name in some instances when asked about Pascal Siakam and the way this team fits together. Like Darko did that. Masai Ujiri did that. Like it's been clear all along. They've been trying to nudge this guy out the door. And for this to be the return for all of that is just so, so disheartening, man. It is a bummer. It totally could work out. Maybe they go flip all these picks for some guy who's good and fits on a Scotty Barnes team a little better. Who knows? That's way down the line. We'll sort that out when we can sort that out. But for now, man, it's just a really, really disappointing return for a franchise icon who deserved better on his way out. And frankly, I'm excited for Pascal Siakam to go and play with Tyrese Halliburton. That's the type of dude he deserves to play with, the type of dude the Raptors could not pair him with over the last four years as he made a literal once-in-a-generation developmental leap from you know, sort of do-it-all, toolsy wing off the bench to literal heliocentric all-NBA player. Really disappointing way for this to end. And it's a nice turning of the tables, I guess. The Raptors have graduated. They used to be the franchise where guys were like, we don't want to be here. Get rid of us. Now uh, you get a good player and it's like, well, you want to be here. Nah, we're getting rid of you. It's a quite the turning of the tables. We're going to come back on the other side and get into what this means now. It's Scotty Barnes time, baby. And I'm excited for that. It's Emmanuel Quickly time. I'm excited for that. I could be more excited if Pascal Siakam were playing with those guys and they actually made an effort to keep this thing around, but we will examine what the Scotty Barnes era looks like now coming up in just one second. But first, today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. Pascal Siakam brought home a winning trophy. and What did he get for it? eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride. Every Every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. 
Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. We continue on your live trade reaction Wednesday episode of Locked on Raptors. Sean Woodley here. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Uh, you have lots of options right now with uh, live reactions to things going on. And I appreciate all of you hanging out here again. Apologies for not getting into the comments. It's just my brain will melt down if I try to uh, listen to read comments. Again, the Discord link is in the description of the podcast. It's free to join. Come hang out with all the little sickos in there who are sad and grieving and coping. Uh, we'd love to see you in there. Again, link in the description. Free to join our Discord server. All right. What's next, right? You have Bruce Brown on the team. He's under contract, in theory, through the end of next season. You got that option thingy. You got Kyra Lewis Jr., who's in the last year of his contract. Like, I guess you give him some run here down the stretch to figure out if he's someone you want to keep around. Maybe you push it to RFA and, you know, figure it out there. Jordan Awara, he's around too, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he doesn't make a ton of money, just three million bucks. Uh, let me just double check here on Spot Track to see how long Nawara's signed through. Yeah, he's, you get the qualifying offer at the end of the season. You can give them to him. Um, so, you know, might not be around for the long haul either. Like, the Raptors did not get any young, bankable long-term piece it is baffling to me and frankly I, like that's the worst part of it man like the pacers are the team that has like a dozen of these guys like so many young potential guys just to throw into a deal as a sweetener you don't get andrew nemhard ben Mad like okay i don't need to rehash it either way what happens now uh rj barrett is all of a sudden your most highly paid player on this basketball team that's kind of hilarious bruce brown is second there is financial flexibility there's no doubt about that Going into the summer, there are pathways to cap space. You got Gary Trent Jr.'s money you can renounce. You got Thad Young's money coming off the books. You got Otto Porter Jr.'s money coming off the books. There's plenty of money coming off the books here. But like, who are you signing? The best free agents are OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam. Uh, so good luck. Like Malik Monk, this team needs large people now. They are they've gone from Vision Six Nine to Vision Six Five all of a sudden. It's kind of baffling the quick turnaround and the total reshaping of this roster that's taken place. It's frustrating, man. Um, the roster, look, there are things to like here, okay? And I think there's this sort of notion that, oh, they're just going to go into a rebuild now. And like, no, they're not going to do a rebuild because they already have Scotty Barnes. You do a rebuild. You do like a stripped down tank to get a guy like Scotty Barnes. They're probably too good even after this trade. We'll see, I guess. I think the depth of players they have um, probably leaves them too good to be in that sort of top six range they're in that top six range right now obviously i still think you know some teams there'll be attrition for teams that kind of bow out of the race and i still think the raptors you know with scotty barnes with emmanuel quickly with rj barrett are just as good as the nets and probably the hawks who are kind of a mess like it's going to still be a race i think for those playing spots and frankly i think the raptors are incentivized to race for those playing spots convey your pick to the spurs wipe the slate clean and just move on with your lives from the Jakob Pertl trade. Jakob Pertl makes more sense on this team now, I think. You know, it, it shouldn't have come at the expense of trading Pascal Siakam, but Pertl makes sense here. You could probably roll it a starting five now of Emmanuel Quickly, Bruce Brown, RJ Barrett, Scotty Barnes, and Jakob Pertl. Is that good? I don't know. It, I think it depends a lot on sort of growth and leaps to be made by Scotty Barnes still and Emmanuel Quickly. Barrett's got to continue to be what he's been, and if he's sort of leveling up in importance and role 
I'm concerned about the sort of translation of the efficiency he's shown off so far since the trade, but we'll see there. Um, you've got Dennis Schroeder remains one of the best backup point guards in basketball. You've got Gary Trent Jr. You've got Jordan Nawara. You've got, uh, you know, in theory, Otto Porter Jr. is playing basketball and Thad Young's playing minutes. I don't know. Like, it, it's not like a super deep team all of a sudden. They probably have like nine guys with Chris Boucher in there who you want to play. It's not, and it totally kind of hinges on Scotty Barnes, right? If Scotty Barnes is amazing and really steps into his own and is freed to kind of take the team by the horns and be the dude, then great. That could lead to some pretty fun stuff. And I'm glad that they get a 41 game 42 game stretch here to actually kind of work this thing i hope they don't throw in the towel i hope they actually say you know what we got our two first round picks in this kind of not very good draft now we can actually just push to give as least good a pick as possible to the spurs make a push for the plan maybe have some fun here build something get some chemistry built get some combinations figured out and get an idea of what your team is and what you need going into the offseason, what you might be dangling those multiple first-round picks to go and try and acquire to pair with Scotty Barnes. I think that's got to be, be the priority here. Again, it's not a rebuild. It's just a recentering, I think. And I don't think this is going to indicate that they're going to go and tank. It's not what this team does, barring Tampa Bay and COVID forcing their hand in the issue. I think there's a, a pathway here for this team to be like reasonably interesting and fun. Not very good, probably, but interesting, fun, and good enough to get into the East play-in. I think that's on the table. And then in the summer becomes really fascinating. Do you keep Bruce Brown around? Do you decline his option and just go full cap space mode? You know, cap space has its uses outside of free agency. Obviously, you can be a dumping ground for bad contracts and, and, and to collect more picks. I, I don't think this team has an appetite to go fully that direction because Scotty Barnes is really good now and is going into year four. Like the top, the clock is always ticking when you have a franchise player and Scotty Barnes looks like he's going to morph into a franchise player. I don't think they're going to go take multiple steps back here beyond trading Pascal Siakam. Like I think now it's kind of go time and they build up from here again, recentering, not rebuild is kind of how I would classify this. It is just very much Scotty Barnes's team. And look, man, Scotty Barnes, it's time. Like, there have been those moments, those games where he drifts in and out, where he's not aggressive, where Pascal was able to kind of take the reins of the offense and run the show. That can't be the thing anymore. Scotty Barnes got to be there for four quarters every single night. He's got to be the best player on this team. He has to make that clear. And if that happens, things will fall into place and probably pretty nicely. I, I'm very bullish still on the Barnes quickly duo. That could be a ton of fun. And I think they've barely even scratched the surface on what the dynamism that they have in concert with one another could produce for this Raptors team. But they like they kind of figure out defense. Like, this is not going to be a very good defensive team, I would think. I know Pascal was not a great defender down the, the stretch of his time in Toronto. And, you know, partly, I would assume, because of all of the stuff hanging over him this entire time. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think this is just, it's Scotty Barnes's time. And the Raptors are making the bet that Scotty Barnes is that dude. I, I, I'm pretty bullish on him being that dude. I think he can be that dude. I think he's shown flashes this season of very much being that dude. But to make this trade, to forego the, the opportunity to have Scotty supported by Pascal Siakam over the next four years, it, it suggests that you're betting that Scotty Barnes is ready for it right now. And I'm not sure, right? right? Like he, He's been awesome. He's been fantastic. But he's had Pascal Siakam there to fill in the scoring load a little bit and be a, a guy who could compliment and take over stretches of games. He doesn't have that luxury anymore. It's going to be fascinating to watch Scotty Barnes down the stretch of this season and, and see 
if, you know, all of the talk of, you know, last season, like Scotty wants us to be his team, you know, bristling with the veterans, all this stuff, does this free up a new sort of emboldened center of the franchise, face of the franchise version of Scotty Barnes who can take over? The Raptors better hope so. And it seems as though that's their bet. And look, betting on Scotty Barnes is probably a good bet. I just think you could have also bet on Scotty Barnes and had Pascal Siakam around as well. Or, you know, tried to make a better trade for Pascal Siakam. I don't know, man. Um, you know, the salary picture is clear. You know, all the a year ago, it was like, oh, God, got to pay Pascal. You got to pay Fred. You got to pay OG. Like, this is going to get expensive fast. This is not a team that's going to be worrying about the second apron anytime soon. So I guess there's that for all the cap sickos out there. But you would hope that you show enough down the stretch of this season, the last 42 games, you get something going here. You build something. And then going into the summer, you can maybe go and look to add a piece that really kind of takes it over the top and really sets you up with a youthful and talented core to build with over the next many years. And frankly, that's the thing I'm most excited about. I talked about this on my show earlier today and how we've kind of been robbed the last couple of seasons of the typical cadence you get to an NBA season where you get to watch the full six-month picture play out and it feels like you're kind of watching a narrative arc go and, and happen and you feel like you're invested in it. Last couple of years, you haven't had that. It's been fractured and fragmented in trades and trade demands and or, or trade rumblings and you know rumors and all this stuff have hung over this team. Contractual stuff has hung over this team for two years. There's been only uncertainty. Now we have some certainty, and that I think is something to be excited about. Scotty Barnes just better be ready, man. Like it's just, it, it's there's no two ways about it. This is the time for Scotty Barnes to sort of step up and become the superstar that this franchise clearly thinks he can be. I don't know if they've done the best job of building a team around him that makes sense going forward or that you know complements him. Guys on his timeline, like are we really counting on Bruce Brown and Jordan Awara and Kyra Lewis Jr.? who have, I think, like four combined years or I guess one combined year of controllability beyond this year, um, you know, on, on the books. Like, we'll see. <laughs> like, if Kyra Lewis pops this year, great. That makes things a little bit easier. It softens the blow. If Jordan Nwora looks like a real piece, great. That softens the blow. You'll have to find a way to keep him around and pay him. But again, paying, to, paying guys is not going to be a problem for this team because they don't have a lot of money on the books. So that's where we're at as far as what's next. For this Raptors team, they'll be interesting. And again, I'm happy to just have some certainty and clarity on what they're doing. I hope we aren't sort of bombarded by more trade rumors between now and February 8th. Just like keep this group together, man. Like I'm fine. You got your three first round picks. I don't need an extra second or two for Gary Trent Jr. I don't need an extra second for Dennis Schroeder. Like see what this team can do. Get an actual 42 game sample of, hey, like this is on wax now we, we can sort of use this information to build in the summer, use the picks we have at our disposal now to do something, uh, you know, that that's, I think got to be the move. I, I would not be looking to strip down further parts at this point. It's go time. It's Scotty Barnes go time. And I think that's where we're at. We'll come back to the other side. We will get into Pascal Siakam, his legacy and where he ranks very high is the spoiler alert there. We'll get to that coming up in just a sec. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. And around the new year, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Huh, does that sound like a basketball team we've uh, been watching here for a little while? I don't know. Therapy can help you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that will really 
stick. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And you can just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist anytime. And you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. That's a huge feature. Maybe it doesn't click the first time. You shouldn't be discouraged by that. It shouldn't deter you from continuing with your therapy journey. No, you can just switch up, not pay extra, and find the person who works for you, that is the BetterHelp promise. Ce- celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. Today's show is also brought to you by FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. Of course, the NFL playoffs still going strong. And right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's all it is. Five bucks down. And whether you win or lose, you're getting 150 bucks in bonus bets. That is pretty sweet. And you can use those 150 bucks in bonus bets on all sorts of stuff over on FanDuel's platform. You got live same game parlays. Maybe the next Pacers game where Pascal Siakam suited up, you take the over on Pascal points, rebounds, and assists. Why not? Go nuts with it. Have some fun with the same game parlay. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays and more. Maybe even a little futures bet, probably long odds. Pacers for the title? Pacers to win the East? Why not? Let's go and have some fun watching Siakam and Halliburton tear it up. Put a little money down if you want to do that as well. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel official partner of the NFL and of the LockedOn Podcast Network. Okay, rounding it out here. Thanks so much for tuning in. A reminder, Locked On Sports Today 24-7 is Locked On streaming 24-7 channel. We got all of the national shows covering all of the biggest stories in sports. And of course, the local experts talking about the biggest stories around the sports world. I would imagine I'll be on that channel at some point later today with this very show that you're watching right now. But if you want more Locked On stuff, go check it out over at Locked On Sports Today 24-7. All right. Pascal Siakam. Huh. It's sad, man. Like, I don't know. There, there was a running joke in the uh, Lockdown Raptors Discord earlier today about, uh, you know, ha- how many times is Sean is like, let's have a drink every time Sean almost cries thinking about Pascal Siakam leaving. And look, yeah, I have not been able to approach this Pascal Siakam thing from an entirely neutral perspective because I love Pascal Siakam. I have loved watching him play for the Toronto Raptors. And I think his career is just... So narratively pleasing, not now, like his time in Toronto, not very pleasing the way it came to an end, but hey, maybe there's a better next chapter for him in Indiana, a place that actually seems to, you know, want him on the basketball team. Um, His career though, man, let's take it back. He gets drafted 27th overall while people like you and me, me in our basement screamed, Deontay Davis, Scalabissier, what the hell is going on here? Who's this Pascal Siakam guy? He then goes to start in his rookie season because of a Jared Sullinger injury and plays like, okay, mostly just catching lead passes from Kyle Lowry and finishing them. That was cool. That was fun. That year he finishes up in the G League. He absolutely tears apart the G League playoffs. And uh, I don't think he won. Did he win finals MVP or was it Bruno? I can't remember. Either way, what a time that was for the 905. Remember watching 905 win the G League title with Pascal and Fred on that team as the Raptors were taking down the Bucks in game six back in 2017. The Halcyon days, man. We'll get back there someday. We'll see. Um, but that was that was awesome. You, you had the sort of G League arc for him, right? And then the following year, he 
is on the team. He's part of the bench mob, which was one of the most fun groups of players the Raptors have ever assembled. He's closing big games in the playoffs. He's shutting down Bradley Beal and John Wall, doing the whole thing in the postseason. Uh, you know, was a big part of that comeback in game three against the Cavs, sort of the one good moment against that Cavs team in that series, or for the couple of years against the Cavs there where they got swept out. The year after that, Pascal is, you know, the most improved player. Like He's incredible. He goes on to be the third best player on a championship team. The second highest scorer, the, the numbers, him and Scottie Pippen, or sorry, him and Kawhi Leonard putting up Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan scoring numbers. 32 in game one of the NBA Finals. Never going to forget that one, man. You get the next following season, 2019-20, Kawhi's gone. It's Pascal time. He's bombing above the break threes with reckless abandon. He makes all NBA. He's incredible. And then the bubble happens. He spends five months stuck in, a, in his condo in Toronto during COVID, can't play, totally out of sorts, comes in, obviously not himself, doesn't play super well on offense. On defense, he plays like a, like a superhero and literally makes some of the smallest effective lineups in NBA history effective. Like he was the guy, is the back line of defense, conducting that defense, was part of the defense that made people see ghosts, right? Like the defense where it was all about contesting like maniacs Pascal's athleticism at 6'9 made that possible back in 2019-20. The bubble ends, obviously, not very well. He gets flummoxed by Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart's post-defense. Has himself a miserable offensive series in spite of his excellent defense. Then Tampa happens, and the sort of the reputation followed him from the bubble through that whole season as he made this sort of ridiculous level up as a playmaker. He ended up being even like a five-assist guy on a team that was not very good. He was driving into thickets of arms nonstop over and over again. And he still found a way to be a very good player and kind of reinvent himself again for the fourth consecutive season by the end of that year. A lot more of the same in 2021-22, where the Raptors were pretty darn fun. And, you know, Siakam was obviously instrumental to that. He was just nails down the stretch of that season coming off of shoulder surgery as well. And just really, really moved into being just a full-on star. Makes All-NBA again. The following season, he looks like a literal MVP candidate for the first 10 games. Slips on the floor in Dallas. And then it's, you know, he comes back to the sort of misshapen, weird team and continues to play incredible basketball. Like, he just totally kept that heliocentric, you know, I am the man who can post up, draw two, and create. I can do these sort of probing pick and rolls and make it all work playing with teammates who are just not getting it done, not finishing shots, and still Pascal Siakam persevered, was a guy that Masai Ujiri said not long ago, that's the type of guy you go to war with. And here we are now, a couple years later, and my, how things have changed. And even this season, man, starts the season, not really part of the plans, obviously. Asked to just kind of stand in space. And then he morphs into this, once again, like all-NBA caliber player, scoring as efficiently as he ever has, goes through an awful three-point shooting streak, bounces back with an insane heater of three-point shooting. The dude was just so resilient, went through so much, so much doubt, so many nadirs in his arc, and he comes out on the other side as a top-five guy in all the major stat stat categories for the Raptors, a clear top-five racker to me, you know, where he fits in in the DeMar DeRozan, Vince Carter, Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, Fivesome. I think that's the clear top five at this point. He's well surpassed Chris Bosch, I think. 
think that's an interesting conversation, maybe for another day, but he's a clear top five Raptor of all time. Treated kind of like garbage on the way out, really disappointingly. I don't think you can look at Pascal Siakam's career in Toronto with anything but just insane respect and affection. This dude was awesome, man. This dude was an embodiment of what the Raptors were and what they were successful at, what made them a championship team. And the last four years, it's been kind of in the wilderness, right? And look, you pay the tax for winning a championship. We know this. Tampa set them back years. And none of that's Pascal's fault. None of that's even the front office's fault. But the moves that have come after, the Jakob Pertle trade, which instantly made a weird fit between Siakam, Barnes, and Pertle. Maybe that was the first sign of the Raptors not wanting Siakam around long-term. Maybe that was it. Who knows? Like, baffling. <laughs> like, I, I think Jakob Pertle, value-wise, that trade is still fine. It just doesn't look great right now, situationally, obviously. And if it is what led to Pascal Siakam getting moved in any way, shape, or form, it's a disaster. It's a mess. You have, you know, the Thad Young trade where it's like, well, instead of getting some players who actually can, you know, hit threes and fix this team with that pick they were dangling alongside Goran Dragic, no, instead they get Thad Young, who's just more of the same, who they put in the corner, couldn't do it. And you continue to have just like cramped spacing, a weird team around Siakam and Barnes. They never gave the Siakam-Barnes pairing a real shot to make it work. Hell, the, the eight games they've played since the trade, that was the vision, man. Those two dudes playing with complementary pieces who could score off the ball, who could space vertically, give you some gravity, a real rim-protecting center. The offense was humming along because it made sense. And we like that's going to be like a weird footnote in Raptors history now, those eight games where they had Siakam on the team after the IQ and Barrett trade. It's a shame we didn't get to see more of it. I think there was some fun stuff there. We were all having a great time watching those late night games on that road trip. It was the time of our lives, at least when it comes to the last couple seasons. And that's gone now too. And now we're kind of moving into this sort of unknown wilderness. It's a bummer. Pascal's a legend and he should have been treated better on his way out. The Raptors probably should have gotten more for him, but made the bed they did. And now... We're left to pick up the pieces, but yeah, you know, it's not that there's not good stuff. I talked about it before, like the Scotty Barnes era could very much be super fun. This could be day one of a really fun era of Raptors basketball, but the way the previous era ended today, which is the best era we've ever seen of Toronto Raptors basketball. It's a bummer. It really stinks. We'll finish it there. Thank you so much for tuning into the live show. Again, apologies for not getting into the comments, but thanks to everyone who did comment. If you want to hang out more link is in the description of the podcast for our discord server. would love to see you in there. And we will wrap it there. We're back again tomorrow to talk about Raptors heat as another legend comes through town. Kyle Lowry, man, I'm just going to cry all night. Hope you do too. Well, we'll, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks so much for hanging. Support the show. Thanks so much. Uh, you know, follow, subscribe, rate, review, YouTube, all that good stuff. But thank you so much for hanging out and uh, for putting up with my Pascal Siakam propaganda over the last little while. We will talk to you again tomorrow as a new era begins on Lockdown Raptors. Thanks so much for hanging. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.